We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another Bring the Juice Colts podcast live stream. Guys, thank you for tuning in on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit of fantasy football, not necessarily just Colts players, but fantasy football in general. You know, it's about that time. Football season is almost about 30 hours away at this point. So, it's really close. And I have a special guest with me today. I have Vic from dynasty bros fantasy football podcast i've had him on before several times whenever we get ready for the season and anytime we need a fantasy expert we always try to bring him back on how you doing today man pretty good man thanks for having me and like you said football's back so it's like christmas right yeah totally does dude feels great that football's right around the corner and it feels like life's gonna be normal again that's right man <laughs> Well, hey, listen, uh, obviously, you know, we're having you on a little bit later into the into the offseason than what we usually do. We usually bring you on a couple weeks prior in case, you know, people are starting to fill out their fantasy lineups. You know, most people probably have had their fantasy lineups done by now, but there might be a few people who are, you know, rushing to do that last bit today or maybe even uh, late into the weekend. You know, that's you know how it is sometimes. But, you know, we got a couple of fantasy questions and I think the first one that we should definitely talk about, and it does include a Colts player, thankfully, uh, it's who's supposed to be running back one for you. So there's been the topic of Jonathan Taylor, now probably the best running back in the NFL. He put up tremendous numbers last year, had five games where he was posting up over 30 uh, fantasy points. So, you know, he really took the league by storm last year, had a tremendously consistent year. And then you still have this other elephant in the room in Christian McCaffrey, who, if you can get past the injury aspect of it over the past two years, Christian McCaffrey was high and away the best running back fantasy wise that you've seen. So when it comes to these two particular players, Talk to me about how you decide, like for fantasy-wise, how you would go about drafting these two. Which one stands out more than the other? Man, biases aside, I still have to rock with Jonathan Taylor only because, like you mentioned, the injury history with Christian McCaffrey. 
I mean, the Panthers, they just run him into the ground. Like his snap percentage is around the 80, 90 percent range, which is very high. Um, so given they run everything through him on the ground and in the air, it, it takes a toll on his body and he's not the biggest guy. Um, so just given that, I have to rock with Jonathan Taylor at the 101. Yeah, I mean, well, I know that the Colts said the Colts have been adamant at the fact that they said Jonathan Taylor's usage is going to go down this year. Uh, obviously got the ball 320 times last year, running the ball and touched the ball 40 times for uh, pass catching. And we honestly know that there's a couple times that Jonathan Taylor probably could have been had a few more catches had Carson Wentz been looking his way. Does that concern you with the Colts stating that, you know, when Naheem Hines may be coming into the picture a little more, that you think maybe Jonathan Taylor's fantasy value would go down a lot? No, not at all. I mean, you know, we haven't seen it. So for me, you know, the, the proof has to be in the pudding. And we, we've kind of heard a lot of Naheem Hines hype over the past couple off seasons as it relates to fantasy, but I just haven't seen it come to uh, at least come out to play. So just given that, I'm not really buying it, man. So I'm still rocking with JT and, you know, he gets a, he, he gets it done on the ground. So I'm, I'm definitely good with that. Yeah. What would you do? You, are you still concerned with Christian McCaffrey and the health concerns? Or do you think that the last two years were really more of an anomaly and that this year he'll be back to playing at minimum, like 13, 14 games this year with the fact that they now have Baker Mayfield and they have some of these other weapons offensively, maybe they won't have to rely on just Christian McCaffrey at this point. Well, I mean, Baker comes from a running scheme himself. So to me, if you're going to transition in a new QB, you're still going to have to lean on the run game, and that's Christian McCaffrey. So, of course, we know Panthers have Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman in the backfield, but it's the Christian show, man, until he can't go anymore. Um, again, that, that's just too rich for my blood, uh, especially in the first round. Uh, you know, if, if you're drafting that early, you can't miss, right? Especially you're, you're going to have to wait like another 20 plus picks before it come back around. So too risky for me, man. I get you. I got you. You know, it's kind of funny because um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do fantasy this year. I normally don't like doing it anymore just because like I focus on this. So like half the time I don't really have time to do fantasy, but um, when it comes to this year, I did get asked to go into two leagues and I did put together two different teams. I do want you to rate my fantasy teams that I have. I'm going to pop these up and I'm going to ask you to rank it based on what I have here. So I'm going to share my screen and I'll let you see it. You'll see it here. And so uh, when it comes to the, let me see if I can make this full screen or not i think that's about as best as i can get it um so quarterback we got aaron Rodgers. running backs we got camara and acres receivers are jefferson and allen tight end is kyle pitts jalen waddle at the flex colts defense and matt gay is the kicker and my bench i got metcalf cooper robinson the second as my receivers jk dobbins damian pierce and running back with Naheem Hines as well. And I did go to the liberty of adding Hunter Henry as a backup tight end. Uh, I think this was an eight team PPR. And I think I had, what was it? I think I had the, either the sixth or the seventh. Uh, I think I had the seventh pick with this. So I went and took, I took, I think Jefferson with that seventh pick and then got Camara at 10. So 
What do you think of this? Man, this is a solid squad, man. Definitely, you know, set up for a title run. And let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Of course, a lot of question marks, right? Who's going to be his who's going to be the guy in the passing game? Of course, yeah. we're expecting Alan Lazard, but I have no concerns as it comes to Aaron Rodgers. We saw him go down to Arizona and, and win a game on a road last year with no weapons. So right. he's going to find the end zone. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, people were giving me crap about the the Acres pick. Um, I think everyone's still on the injury train of wondering if he's going to even be uh, useful at all. But I mean, he am I wrong for having like wishful thinking for Acres? Because like he's going to be the number one running back for them. And, you know, inside the like 10 yard line, the Rams hand the ball off more than almost any team in the NFL. Uh, inside the 10. So, you know, the acres is going to get his fair share of touches in the red zone. So, I, I mean, how do you feel about acres? Yeah. Since you have acres as your number two running back behind Alvin Kamara, uh, I definitely feel good about that. And of course we're hearing the reports with Matt Stafford and his arm, right. With the, with the elbow and the baseball type injury. So they may lean more on the ground game to your point in the red zone and take away from Cooper cups uh, usage. I'm um, in the red zone looking for the scores on the goal line. Yeah, uh, I certainly hope so. Now, we did hear them say that uh, Matt Stafford is supposed to have no big issues with the elbow. At least that's what they're saying. In regards to Cooper Cup as well, I know obviously most people have him as uh, pick number three because last year, I mean, he absolutely set the fantasy world on fire. Yep. I think he was project. I think he was projected to have like three hundred and like twenty five points. And he ended up finishing with like over 450. So like he absolutely set everything on fire. And now they're still predicting him to only be at around 330. Like, is that way too low? Because I feel like even if you took down some usage, I still would think he's going to easily get over 350 fantasy points. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have Cooper Cup, you know, almost repeating, even if he doesn't hit the 400 mark. At least if he's in the higher 300s, you know, 380, 375, that's still solid. Of course, they brought in Allen Robinson, too. So, uh, you know, I definitely like that move. And I think he fits more what they want to do outside of Odell, who's kind of more of a finesse, you know, acrobatic kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. To me, Allen Robinson is a more of a bigger hybrid version of a Robert Woods, bigger, stronger, faster. So. And so I, I will ask you with uh, Keenan Allen here, because I think everyone is giving me crap for that one too, which I don't understand because Keenan Allen four out of the last five seasons has had over a hundred receptions every single year. And so I'm wondering like, why, why does everyone hate the Keenan Allen pick? Like, I know he doesn't get a ton of touchdowns, but usage wise, he's, the most utilized wide receiver on that team year in and year out. Yeah. So I think we're spoiled when it comes to, you know, these young studs like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So when you got these young studs, uh, older Keenan Callen, Keenan Allen doesn't sound sexy, but to your point, man, he's tied to Justin Herbert. He's a young stud. Uh, and, and of course, you know, he's going to see over 130 plus targets. So you'll take that in a Justin Herbert led offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like, I'm, I'm going to ask one last question for this, uh, this roster specifically, uh, looking at Waddle, do you expect Waddle's production to go down a lot this year because of, um, them adding to a Tyree kill? And do you think that Waddle might actually be a little too high on some people's fantasy boards? 
Yeah, so Waddle's fine. I mean, a guy like Tyreek, he he commands double coverage, whether it's a you know DB and a safety over the top. So Waddle could still do work, and um, I have him as a wide receiver too. So that's finishing in the top twenty-four. Just given he's so explosive, just like Tyreek. So you know, not, not you know, wouldn't be surprised if both these guys easily see over hundred targets from Tua. Uh, Miami definitely wants to put the ball in their playmakers' hands, and it starts with uh, Tyreek and also Waddle. Gotcha. All right, good, good. Um, so. I'll show you my other roster that I have here. Sticking with the Aaron Rodgers thing, uh, I just went ahead and went Rodgers in both my fantasy leagues. Um, and then, so this one, I will admit, is another 18 PPR. There were two guys that normally don't do fantasy, which if I'm looking at like my receiving, receiving corp in this, it's absolutely uh, like um, um, amazing. Yeah. I have Christian McCaffrey with the, I got him at the number two pick. I was the number two pick in this one. Um, so Christian was there, got Cam Akers again. Uh, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans leading my wide receivers. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think I got him in like the sixth round. Uh, Debo Samuel at, as my flex. Green Bay Packers defense with Matt Gay again at the, at the kicker. And I have Brees Hall and Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon as my running backs. I got Gabe Davis and Alan Lazard and Devontae Smith as the receivers. And Cole Komet is my backup tight end. What do you think of this roster right here? Man, I would take your team on the bench and start them. Like, that's how solid it is. So <laughs> you got some, uh, you know, starters down there, which is great. I mean, you have a lot of great depth. Um, one thing I would caution you on, don't get caught up in chasing points. So just stick with your guys. So, of course, you got Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Debo. I would just plan to run them every week. You know, I wouldn't worry about the matchups and shine away if you think someone's playing a tough defense. You always got to start your studs. Yeah, right. That's always been the thing. That was my problem with my other fantasy league when I was looking at this one because uh, obviously, you know, Jefferson and Allen, they're going to get their targets. I was just wondering of the flex position because at that same point, you know, I have DK Metcalf who, even though he has a quarterback problem, you know Metcalf's going to get his every once in a while. And Cooper's really the only wide receiver on Cleveland's roster. But then again, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And Allen Robinson, of course, he's going to be the number two guy for what we assume is going to be the whole year. So it's almost to the point where it's like, would you just advise me to just stick with those three guys just because you know what where their place is in the offense? Or do you think that Waddle could end up being switched out with a couple of these guys? Yeah, I would run with your current lineup. If I would make a change, I just would monitor Waddle's injury situation. I believe he's dealing yeah. with some lower body, soft tissue type stuff. So once you get into the fast guys, anytime you're hearing soft tissue, that's a bit concerning. Like, you know, just takes me back to the track days. Um, but the first guy I would insert into your lineup in the flex if I had to was DK Metcalf. He's so explosive. That's a guy who only needs three to five opportunities and he could take it to the house. So he's a game breaker. So that's what you want, especially in the flex. Sweet. Um, so let's kind of break off here. You obviously said Jonathan Taylor, fantasy running back number one. You don't have any questions about that, the consistency of it all, as long as there's no injuries that he's going to consistently get his. Uh, let's talk about Naheem Hines here for a second because, you know, Frank Reich was asked about um, was asked about Hines and his usage in this offense this year. And he said, if I'm a fantasy owner, I'm picking up Naheem Hines. Now, take that as you wish. I mean, I'm sure Frank Reich probably 
knows almost nothing about fantasy. I don't know if he plays it or not, but at the end of the day, like, you know, he's making it sound as if Naheem Hines is going to be utilized a lot more in this offensive system this year than what we have seen in years past. say it was hearing something in the background there um anyway so like when you look at it from the 2020 season and 2021 season you saw a massive drop off in production for Naheem Hines you know 2020 had 89 rushes and had 63 receptions all accumulating for around 800 yards and ended up having seven touchdowns. So Naheem Hines was very much utilized in that. And that was before Jonathan Taylor came into the scene of things. Now in 2021, you know, I don't expect his rushing to be utilized as much, but he went from 63 receptions in 2020 to only 40 receptions in 2021. I mean, I'd assume that number is probably going to go up almost like, 50%. 50%. So, I mean, what do you, what's your thoughts on Naheem Hines and where would you would draft him in a fa- normal fantasy PPR draft? Yeah, really more so on the back end um, of my bench. Um, so really late, uh, especially if I punted on running backs and if I stacked up on skilled players such as wide receivers and if I got a top tight end, uh, definitely wouldn't mind adding a Naheem Hines at that point. But, you know, for me, at least what I see, I see Naeem stand around that 60 catch mark um so of course he'll have some games where you can see value from a flex standpoint but you're not really going to know when to start nine Himes, and that's uh what you want to avoid in terms of you don't want to chase points right like he could have a big day against tennessee and then you double back <laughs> next week and yeah. you know maybe five points or seven points so right um so yeah fantasy doesn't always translate over from what's happening in the real uh game you know game flow and script yeah, uh, I think that's one of those things where Hines is best utilized to grab if you have a uh, if you have a large draft with like twelve to fourteen people, and then you're stretching for running backs at the end of rounds. Then that's probably one of the only ones. Like you said, his production's probably going to differ week per week. Some weeks he's gonna have like two catches, and then the next week he could have like six for like a hundred yards and a touchdown. So it's yeah, it, it definitely is a little bit crazy for that one. But let's talk about another wide receiver. I know I mentioned this to you uh, last year when Michael Pittman was coming off of um, that injury from the first season. And we t- talked about, you know, him potentially taking that number one wide receiver role. And now I think we now all know Michael Pittman is receiver one. There's no question about it. And now he has uh, a different quarterback throwing the ball to him. I mean, Michael Pittman finished last season with over 129 targets, had 88 receptions for over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. So, you know, I mean, it was solid all around. But, I mean, what kind of production do you anticipate with Michael Pittman now having Matt Ryan throw the football to him? Actually, I have them at about the same pace. The only difference is double-digit touchdowns. Um, so that's where we'll see him bump into the wide receiver one spot, meaning he's finishing in the top 12. And, and again, looking back at where Matt Ryan comes from, he comes from a system where he had to air it out down there in Atlanta. They didn't really have a strong running game, but you come up here to Indianapolis, we have Jonathan Taylor. You know, He's a top 100 player, heck, even top five player at that, right? So that's elite. 
So given that, you know, we're going to lean on a run game and, you know, we'll, we'll throw some passes, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't require Matt Ryan to aim for 5,000 yards. So we know he's capable of throwing for 4,500 yards. And I do have him, you know, doing that more so towards, you know, between the 4,000, 4,500 yard mark, but we're going to lean on the run game. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought, thought this was interesting because I saw a stat that said when it comes to Matt Ryan, since fantasy football is going around that his number one wide receivers in any year that he's had a number one receiver, that number one receiver never received less than 130 targets in a season. And sometimes, I mean, even in the days of Julio Jones, you know, he was getting 160, 170 targets. I mean, could we see a situation like that with Michael Pittman and Matt Ryan, given what we've seen in training camp? Or is it like you said, the Colts run the ball so effectively versus anything Matt Ryan's ever had to deal with. And that probably won't get to that extreme. Yeah. And looking at Matt Ryan from the NFC South, they, they had to air it out down there. Defenses, you know, typically across the board, not the best. Whereas, you know, at least with our Colts defense, we're going to play solid defense. We're going to run the ball. We're going to win games and get out the stadium. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I, I just feel like Matt Ryan stepped into a different dynamic here. And it starts with uh, the, those O-linemen up front and leaning on Jonathan Taylor and then making the throws that he needs to make to Michael Pittman and the uh, supporting cast. Yeah, so ESPN has him ranked at the 30th best uh, fantasy player and actually has him at, I think it was receiver seven or eight, if I'm not mistaken. Like, do you think that for fantasy purposes, that might have been just a little bit too high? And do you think ESPN was a little too high on that ranking for Pittman? A little bit too high for me, but I but I still have Pittman in the uh, top 12. We're still on the back end, so that 10, 12 range. And again, more so double-digit touchdowns. That's what's going to get him there. Same amount of volume uh, that we saw last season. So gotcha. 130 targets, that's solid, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, looking at Matt Ryan, while we're on the topic of conversation with that, Matt Ryan coming into a situation where he doesn't have a great plethora of I would say more experienced receivers, right? Like his most experienced and best receiver is Michael Pittman, who definitely can be a force when he's wants to, but you know, behind him, there's really not a whole lot of, of experienced guys, but you do have some vertical weapons that could increase those yards. Like you said, and you know, being able to throw the football to Naheem Hines and to Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield is definitely a hidden weapon that not a lot of people know about um, and has a better offensive line than he's had pretty much his entire career. Uh, What's your expectations for Matt Ryan from a fantasy point? I know he's over the last few years, he really hasn't been reaching that high 30 touchdown uh, ranking. I mean, he hasn't really done that for like five years. So like, are you anticipating numbers similar to what, Carson Wentz did or is a little bit better? Yeah, I would say similar and, and only because, you know, our, our run game so dominant, we don't need Matt Ryan to go out there and aim for 5,000 yards. So uh, just given that, and we play solid defense, you know, I have Matt Ryan finishing as a QB2, so between the 15 and 20 range, which is pretty solid. So even if you punt on quarterbacks, even in a one QB league, I'm comfortable with running Matt Ryan as my one QB. That means that I'm stacked at other positions from a mm-hmm. running back. Uh, wide receiver and hopefully have a top tight end. Yeah, totally agree. 
uh, tight end purposes, since you mentioned it, um, I do want to get your opinion on the tight end group, like in fantasy in general, because, you know, we have, I think it was Kelsey who was rated as a uh, tight end one. That's obvious. Uh, Daryl Waller at number two, Kittle at three Pitts at four. And I think it was um, Schultz at five. Is there which tight end outside of Kelsey? Cause we know Kelsey's going to be a big target once again, now that Tyree kills gone, but what's your view on the Kyle Pitts? Darren Waller and George Kittle situation. Cause I think some people you could toss it up one way or the other. And any one of those guys can be tight end, uh, t- the number two tight end, but who stands out in that category? Give me uh, Mark Andrews for the Ravens. So, you know, we all like to think Ravens like to run the ball, which they do, but they were ninth in pass attempts. So they're, so they want to run or throw the ball and they throw and play through their tight ends. Similar to, similar to what Kansas City yeah. does. So give me Mark Andrews. And uh, from a fantasy standpoint, really only the top seven really matter. Outside of that, you're playing a streaming game. Uh, so uh, another guy that I do like, Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. I have him penciled in for a top five finish. Just given they lost Amari Cooper down there in Dallas and all the attention is going to be on C.D. Lamb. And we saw Dalton Schultz finish as a tight end three last year. So he already has that rapport with Dak. And I have a sneaky tight end play for you guys. You can probably get him even right now on waivers. Robert Tanyan uh, for the Green Bay mm. Packers. A lot of question marks uh, with Aaron Rodgers' pass catchers, and we saw Robert Tanyan you know, have a top finish a couple seasons ago before the injury. So uh, you got to look at who's there that he can trust, and he's gotten it done with Robert Tanyan. So that's a guy I'm trying to roster as well. I'll, I'll definitely have to take a look at that. Um, Kyle Pitts, so last year only finished with one touchdown um, at the end of the year. So Kyle Pitts really didn't deliver from a uh, – touchdown perspective do you think that things change this year for him being a second year player or do you think him losing matt ryan is going to hurt him a lot because of him having to be throwing the ball from marcus mariota yeah that offense is definitely a mess right now and i'm definitely anticipating a qb change at some point during the season to desmond ritter just because you know why not see what you have in a rookie quarterback um, that we could really start building for the future, right? Because you have a nice core with uh, uh, Kyle Pitts and then also Drake London, and I'm sure they'll bring in a running back during next year's draft. But I'm expecting uh, Pittman to uh, at least do his thing from a rec- from a receiving standpoint. Not not really sure if he'll really clear, you know, seven touchdowns, ten touchdowns, things like that, just given who's delivering him the ball. But he's a capable wide receiver. He's shown that and. Man, we call him the uh, unicorn in, in fantasy world because he runs by DBs, man, <laughs> like running by corners. So <laughs> yeah, we saw that. Talent. We saw that in the uh, I think it was the Jets game when the Falcons were playing him. Yeah, he had that one catch where he just burnt past a DB. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. We'll see what he does. But is there a uh, is there a late round running back that you would tell people to keep their eyes on? Because I could definitely name a few. Um, I think one player that I would take a look at is Damian Pierce okay. uh, later in the rounds. Cause I think everyone thinks, Oh, Houston running back. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, Damian Pierce is going to be, uh, has already been shown that he's going to be the number one running back for Houston going forward. I just don't think a lot of people think he's going to do much just cause it's Houston. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, we saw him averaging pretty much six yards to carry in the preseason uh, in the reps that he did get. So I expect him to be a workhorse. Um, and regardless of 
whether or not he's going to have tremendous stats. I still think that if you're, if you're deep with running backs, then having Damian Pierce on your bench as a backup in case something happens is probably not a bad idea. Yeah. And you know what? You got to look at that old line. The Texans have actually revamped their old line and they're committed to the run. So that's going to, you know, work out well in Damian Pierce's uh, favor. So that is a nice target. Um, another one I have is Rashad Penny. He's actually mm-hmm. going in the uh, ninth round. And that's a, you know, at least last year in a fantasy playoffs, if you had him, he definitely uh, helped secure some titles last year. So why not go after Rash- uh, Rashad Penny late if you put on running backs? And another guy that I'm also targeting uh, is uh, Brian Robinson. So I know he's coming off. Uh, the unfortunate um, attempted robbery situation suffered some gun gunshot wounds uh, to the legs, but he's on pup right now. He's going to miss uh, the first four weeks. And then after that, he should be eased back into, uh, into the workload, but he was killing camp and killing uh, preseason, you know, before this unfortunate stuff happened, but he's yeah. slotted in to be the starting running back for the commanders. Yeah. Uh, Brian Robinson, definitely somebody we hope that, in like a month or so will be better. I mean, I think they said, yeah, he already came off of the uh, crutches today, which is great. I mean, that's yeah. amazing that like a week after that, ha- after suffering a gunshot wound, he's already standing and doing all this. So yeah, it's great. Um, Know that he's going to make a full recovery. That's great. Um, It's ultimately, yeah. Who's going to take the role at, running back for the commanders in the meantime, you're right. Gibson's one that if you're wanting, if you're not happy with your running backs and you're going week by week, then yeah, Gibson could be a decent one for the first like three weeks of the season until Brian Robinson gets back. But let's get into the defenses here for a second. Uh, Top defenses. We know the Colts have one of them. Uh, The Colts this year have really done a overhaul on their defense, you know, adding, a former all pro and Stefan Gilmore, who looks like he is as healthy as he's ever been. Uh, you added Yannick Ngakwe, who over his last three or four seasons has been consistently racking up at least eight sacks every year, just had a, a 10 and a half with the Raiders last season. You know, this team, it really is looking to establish a new identity defensively after what happened last year, but this has always been a defense that you knew could force turnovers. Obviously Shaquille Leonard forcing 12 of them last year all by himself. So what, what do you think for a defensive standing wise that the Colts uh, defense looks in fantasy? Are they top five? I, I definitely give them top 10 and that that's solid when you come to, you know, defenses uh, for fantasy. And and really, I'm I'm the type of player that leaves the draft without a defense and kicker because I want to fill out my depth. And I even try to draft some guys who are on IR like Brian's uh, like Brian Robinson and move them, mm-hmm. you know, to the IR slot. That way I can from after that go pick up my defense and kicker. Um, but, yeah, Colts have a nice schedule. I'm starting off um, from my you know, first couple games. I know we also got the Chiefs coming up. Um, but, yeah, you know, we have what? three players who made the top 100 for the NFL. So that's solid. And we got three players at each level um, between, you know, defensive backs and then linebacker. And then uh, we got big Buckner down there on the D line. So yeah, pretty solid defense. And that ties back into why I'm tempering expectations in the passing game. Cause we're going to run the ball and, and play solid defense. We're not going to have to air it out as much. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think this team definitely could be a top five defense, not just in real life, but in fantasy as well. Cause 
I mean, they're, they're going to force, I mean, the last three seasons under Matt Eberflus, this team has been a top five team at forcing turnovers. Um, we're hoping that the sacks are going to get better now, now that you're hoping that you got your secondary back and you gotten some really good players in the secondary. Now you're thinking that that might, uh, force some quarterbacks to, you know, hold on to the ball just a little bit longer. And those sack numbers are going to go up and you improve the defensive line as well. So at the end of the day, I think that's really going to be a good one, but who's the number one defense for you? A, a defense that I'm targeting is the uh, saints. And because, you know, that's basically they're in a terrible division outside of the bucks and even the Saints give Tom Brady, you know, some trouble. And you add Tyron Matthew, you know, as a safety, you know. So, yeah, so just given that, um, I definitely like, you know, that they're going up against the Falcons twice a year. So they're going to be questionable at the quarterback position and uh, running back spots as well. And then also you got the Carolina Panthers. Only player there is Christian. Hopefully he stays healthy. Um, if he doesn't, then Baker's definitely going to have some issues. So, yeah, give me the Saints. All right. I know that I had the uh, the Green Bay Packers defense in one of my leagues. Uh, I think I just had to have that because I think Green Bay is going to ultimately have a uh, better season than what they previously had. I think the turnover and sack numbers are going to get better. So hopefully that works out. But uh, receiver-wise, uh, what kind of late-round wide receivers are you looking for? I know my brother did um, – a little bit of a scarier decision, but he had a, he picked up Hopkins, I think in like the 10th round um, because, or I think it was like eighth or ninth round maybe. But I mean, he said, obviously when he comes back from we, his six week suspension, he's going to go back to being the number one receiving threat on that team. Uh, mm -hmm. Just ultimately depends on how Kyler Murray does, but what, what kind of receivers are you looking for late? Yeah, I'm actually glad you mentioned Hopkins because uh, he actually has incentives in his contract to where he's going to be force-fed the ball. So just given that, they're going to come back, you know, trying to give him all the looks. But uh, let's go to Baltimore, man, Rashad Bateman. So he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver at 33, um, going in the sixth round of drafts. And the reason why I like Rashad Bateman is because we had Hollywood Brown leave and go over to Arizona, and Hollywood leaves 140 targets on the table. So, again, going back to uh, the Ravens, their ninth in pass attempts. Mark Andrews can't see all the targets. Give me Rashad Bateman, who actually gives me DeAndre Hopkins type vibes because he can actually win and get open, especially in the red zone. Yeah, uh, that definitely is interesting. You know, it depends on how he does with uh, progressing along. Cause like you said, Mark Andrews is the number one target there. But, you know, now that Bateman is going to be the number one receiver, I just don't know how much I trust uh, that situation. And, I heard, um, and this isn't necessarily fantasy related, but it can be, uh, and I'll get your thoughts on this idea. We know that Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are in contract disputes right now. Right. He's wanting 250 million guaranteed a hundred percent, all of it. And it's sounding like the Ravens are not going to do that. They are just, there's nothing that can convince them that $250 million is worth it for Lamar Jackson at this moment in time. Uh, that being said, I've heard rumors that, and I guess this really, it shouldn't be too shocking because Lamar said that leading up to the first week of the season is the deadline that he would give them to give him that deal. And 
I mean, people are now saying that he might potentially just hold out, like just not play until they decide to give him that money or he's just going to go somewhere else. <laughs> First off, do you think that's actually something he would do? And if he did, like what that would do for like the Ravens in general? Yeah. So when these things come out, you know, I try to take it, you know, with a grain of salt, meaning maybe Lamar saying, Hey, if we don't get it worked out by week one, let's just table it. I'm just going to go out and ball out and then let's, you know, address it in the off season. But at that point I may just leave, right. Go to another team. So, um, you know, it, it could go either way. Right. Meaning he could hold out, but at least from what I've seen, Lamar, he, he's a stand up guy. So I could see him playing and just, uh, you know, leaving the talks and letting the pick up in the off season. But at that point, you know, he could probably leave Baltimore and look at other options. Right. And from a organization standpoint, I understand where the Ravens are coming from. I mean, at the end of the day, you're electric throughout the season, but we need you to win in the playoffs. So I get it. But looking at Lamar, he's watching all these other guys get paid. Right. So he wants to get paid. We just watched Deshaun get paid. Walmart just paid uh, Russell Wilson. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, all these guys are getting paid right now. Kyler got paid. So, yeah. Uh, Lamar's definitely, you know, owed a bag. That's how I put it. Yeah, I think that everybody wants $230 million guaranteed now just because of Deshaun Watson. Again, he was basically just uh, bringing in, you know, a new era of new contracts now. And I think that that was just an outlier and that people just need to remember that it was the Browns just being dumb at this <laughs> point. So... I don't, I don't like it, but nevertheless, uh, that's the situation we're in right now. So, uh, looking at this from another perspective here, uh, top quarterbacks, who are you taking when it comes to like your top 10 quarterbacks? Like who's somebody that the, uh, that fantasy owners should keep an eye out for? Definitely, uh, Josh Allen. So, so when you talk about, you know, touchdowns, most leagues, quarterbacks get four points for passing TDs. There are some leagues who give out six points. So of course that's valuable, but the rushing TDs where you get six points. So Josh Allen, you know, he's elite when it comes to passing and also on the ground. So give me a guy who dominates both the air and on the ground. That's how you start to at least lead the pack from a points perspective. Yeah. So, I mean, top, let's say your top five quarterbacks from number five to number one, fantasy wise, who are you taking? All right, so Josh Allen, and then give me Justin Herbert, given he airs it out. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Kyler, just because he was off to a hot start, and you know he was leading uh, the pack for like three or four weeks in a row. Then he got hurt, of course, and lost some weapons. Um, and then four, give me Joe Burrow, man. Like we love Jamar Chase, we love Higgins. Both of those guys are projected to have, you know, number one finishes, finishing the top twelve. So you got to love the weapons. And then number five, I still have to give it to Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Patrick makes total sense. I mean, it just, cause he lost Tyree kill. I mean, people are just under the assumption now that they lose Tyree kill and that they've lost all mojo at this point. But I mean, obviously you might see a tad bit of a drop off, but Patrick Mahomes still Patrick Mahomes. And they did bring in guys like Juju Smith, Schuster, Sky Moore, uh, Valdez Scantling, you know, some very capable wide receivers that could probably have some incredible seasons with uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing them the football. Yeah. And how many times did we watch Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson find the end zone with Patrick Mahomes? So these other guys who are more explosive, P Patrick's fine given all the weapons he has. Uh, 
I did want to ask one more thing here. Uh, Leonard Fournette being at like, I think Leonard Fournette was ranked in like the top 20 of players in fantasy this year. I think he's like running back number uh, six or seven in fantasy points. Like, where's that coming from? Like, I don't, I don't get it from the point of, you know, they still have Tom Brady. They still got, they're going to pass the ball a lot. I mean, I just don't know where I'm seeing the value of what, is it just simply because Leonard Fournette's probably going to get a ton of touches in the red zone? Because, you know, we heard about him being 250 pounds, being overweight and all of this stuff. But I mean, I just don't know why people are so high on Leonard Fournette on fantasy boards this year. Well, the thing is with the Bucks, they run a work uh, workhorse system. So only one running back gets on the field and Leonard Fournette dominates all the touches. And keep in mind last year, he caught over 60 passes. He saw uh, close to 90 targets last year. So the PPR upside, that's that's why we have him there. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, I guess before we head out, uh, any last things you want to tell fantasy owners who are listening to this right now and they're – they might have some doubts about either their roster, about who to replace and things of that nature. Any other uh, comments you would give to people going into the first week of the NFL season? Yeah, well, two things. If you're drafting, definitely leverage your queue because that just helps you keep players in mind that way you're not scrambling, letting the clock time out on you. So leverage your queue it just helps you come up with a game plan. Uh, that way if guys start to fall off your board, you have – you know, other other pieces in mind. And then also you have to work the waiver wire. So meaning you don't win your leagues at the draft, right? So pay attention to, to the first couple of weeks, especially week one. So if we see a player go off, that means teams have been preparing with that guy to have an impact and it's showing on the field week one. So go add that guy. Last year it was Cordero Patterson, right? And, you know, he helped uh, win some leagues or at least he helped dominate the regular season earlier on. Of course, he kind of fills it out towards the playoffs. But yeah, I'm definitely paying attention to the guys who blow up week one and week two. Cool. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on here, talking with me about fantasy and helping me understand a few things about not only my fantasy league, but everybody else's fantasy league. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to hop on here and talk with me, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Go Coats, man. Hey, absolutely. Hey, guys, we're less than we're about 24 hours away from NFL start. Be sure to check everything out. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.